0: so we'll see what, as we go through with the slides and what happens there as we go through it tonight the book of esther We you go if you take your bibles we'll look at several passages tonight in the book of esther as we're here tonight as we've been studying through the word of god looking at different books of the bible and seeing God's hand and seeing God working in, in great ways. The book of Esther is a very interesting book. It's one of only two books in the Bible that don't mention the name of God. Anybody know the other book? Anybody know the other book? No, no one knows. Does anybody? Not Isaiah. Isaiah mentions God often. in Anybody know? You said Ruth? No, because my God, will, your God will be my God. It's yeah. one other book. I'm sure Brother Rick knows. That's it, yep. Song of Solomon, and so I was looking, I was waiting for him to say something, I'm like, he, on Sundays he's been helping and preaching at another church and doing a great job there and things, and I thought he's here tonight, I know he knows that answer, and so Song of Solomon, and we'll get to, wait till we study the book of Song of Solomon, what a great Sunday night passage that's going to be as we go through there, great book, Esther is a great book. Gonna dive in and look at some things tonight, and then we will we'll watch the video in a few minutes. We're actually gonna go back to the video in a few minutes, all that, because literally, like tonight, the video literally explains everything I'm going to say. So there's really no need for me if I do the video at the beginning. So I'm saving the video for a few minutes, and then I'll give, I'll do some things there. The Book of Esther is really it's the last of the 12 historical books the post-captivity book we've mentioned these it happened between um zerubbabel and ezra's return is the time that this happened and uh we read about in the book of ezra and the book of nehemiah those who returned to jerusalem here we see esther Mordecai, and we're looking at those who did not return we're reading things and seeing things about them a lot of things in this book it really is like a play There's suspense there's drama, there's deceit, there's love, there's execution, and miraculous preservation. Almost a hallmark story in the making right here. Oh, thank God it's not hallmark. Anyways, but we won't talk about hallmarks tonight. A lot of, as we go through and as we look at things and get through it, I want to talk about, just to give you a reminder where we're at and go through. We'll just finished Ezra and Nehemiah. Those two books give us the three groups of Jews that were led out of captivity back to the promised land of Canaan. Zerubbabel was with the first group. They rebuilt the temple. second group was led by Ezra, and they restored the, and Ezra restored the worship. third group was led by Nehemiah, rebuilt the wall in about 52 days. And Esther, as I mentioned here, is the last of those historical books. If you ask me what a key verse would be, if you go to chapter number 4 with me, Esther chapter number 4, Look at verse number fourteen. For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall the their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from other places. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? As we read that verse, we might say, "Well, what's the importance? Why was it important that this at this certain time?" You'll understand in a few minutes when I give you the background of the passage here. Not only is it one of the two books of the Bible that does not mention the name of God, another thing, the longest verse in the entire Bible is found here in Esther. A few of our students in the Christian school know which one that is because of some fun things. Anthony, do you know what the reference is? Esther 8-9. And so, did you not know that? Okay. I think last year, didn't Brother McKee make you write it in Hebrew last year? Was that what you did? Two year, that was two years ago? And uh, I love you, Anthony. But anyways, yeah, Esther 8-9, the longest verse in the Bible, and it's a long one. And um, do you know the book of Esther never mentions the law of Moses? It never mentions sacrifices. It never mentions offerings. It never mentions prayer. It does talk about fasting, but it doesn't mention prayer. The book of Esther is never quoted in the New Testament. And this book tells us of, about one of the main Jewish feasts, and the, peace, and the feast of Purim began, and how it began. The main characters that we see in the book, you have King Xerxes, also known as Ahasuerus, chapter 1, verse number 1. We see his wife, it starts out with Queen Vashti, the queen, and she was divorced by the king because of her disobedience and what he wanted her to do. And we'll talk about that later on. Esther was an orphan Jewish girl who was cared for by her uncle, and the human hero of the story that God used in a great way without even God's name being mentioned. Mordecai was Esther's cousin and adopted adoptive father. And there was a guy by the name of Haman that hated Mordecai. At the end, he's promoted to prime minister in the last chapter, Mordecai is. And then you have Haman, who's a top government official, but he hated Mordecai. He convinced the king to exterminate all the Jews that were left in Persia, and ends up being executed on the gallows he made for Mordecai. And so there is so much to the story, and so much we could dive into. I think I'm just going to go through the notes right now, and then at the end we'll watch the video. I think we'll do it that way. Now it's set up. This is going to be a weird setup for you tonight, as you get to know what Jay did on the screen. We're going to know here in a minute. I, one of several, I use several sources as I put these together. Some of my own studying sources, a few other people have done this a series on this. I go all over the place. I'm not, you know, I like to use several sources. That's me. One of them used this as a, a like if you're doing a play, a storyline. Act 1, Act 2, and went through the book of Esther. I loved it. That's how your notes are set up for tonight, Okay. It's a little different than how I normally do it, but I think you'll be okay. And you might want to add a few things as we go through, because I didn't go through in detail. But here's an outline, a story for it. First of all, number one, it's party time. What in the world are you talking about? It's party time. Chapter number one, go back to chapter number one. And look at verse number three, it says, In the third year of his reign, this is Harris here, in the third year of his reign, he made a feast unto all the princes and his servants, the power of Persia and, and Media, the nobles and princes of the provinces being before him, when he showed the riches of his glorious kingdom and the honor of his excellent majesty many days, even hundred 104 score days, 180 days at last. Then on top of the 180 days, look at verse number 5. And when these days were expired, the king made a feast, unto all the people that were present in Shushan the palace both unto great and small seven days in the court of the garden of the king's palace. It's party time. The king is showing off his glory. And we know this time in the world, and uh, if you study ancient history, ancient history and the Bible go hand in hand together. We know the Babylonians ruled the world for a long time. And we know that the Medes and the Persians, they actually took things over. And there was no longer, and you know, Nebuchadnezzar's son, remember the writing was on the wall. And what, what they tell us with ancient history is that the way, what happened was, he was having a party up there in Babylon because he felt that no one could ever get in through the walls of Babylon. And, it, and history tells us that actually what happened there was they rerouted the river and went, got into the city that way. And so the Medes and the Persians, they're in charge of things. And this is what happens here. But he's showing everyone how powerful he is. For 180 days. Wouldn't that get old, just hearing about that? 180 days. And at the end, there's a seven-day party that goes on again. And King Xerxes, he's drunk during this time. He calls for his wife, Vashti. And she refuses to come. You look at verse number 9. It says... Also Vashti Vashti the queen made a made a feast for the women in the royal house which belonged to King Ahasuerus on the 7th day when the heart of the king was merry with wine he was drunk he commanded and there's some names there the seven chamberlains that served in the presence of Ahasuerus the king to bring Vashti his wife or the queen before the before the king with the royal court to show the people and the princes her beauty for she was fair to look upon. He's drunk, and he wanted to bring her out just to show everyone how pretty she was. He's wasted by this time. She refuses. In verse number 20, it says, And when the king's decree which he shall make shall be published throughout all his empire, for it is great, all the wives shall give to their husbands honor, both to great and small. Man, if we had a political person running in 2020 on that, I would vote for them. And, no, I'm just kidding. No. Man, you guys are a rough crowd. He writes a royal decree that wives should obey their husbands. That's what he writes. So I said, man, if someone in 2020 was have my vote. <laughs> no, okay, it's still not funny. Fine, we'll just leave that alone. And uh, you guys just don't know what, fun, what sense of humor is. It's okay. Number one, it was party time. Number two, he kicks her out, divorces her, she's done. And then number two, act number two, you have the Miss Persia pageant. Say, What are you talking about? Look at chapter two. Look at verse number one. And after these things, when the wrath of King Harris was appeased, remember Vashti and what she had done and what was decreed against her. Then said the king's servants that ministered unto him, let there be fair young virgins sought for the king. And uh, let the king appoint officers in the providence. And so what he was trying to do, he was trying to find a new wife is what he was trying to do. And this is Think about this. This is very heathenistic, very ungodly practice, what's going on. But the whole book of Esther, God works in the midst of craziness. And though people were not doing things God's way, God still can work. And we're going to see that as we go through here. Verse 5 through 7 is the first time we see Mordecai mentioned, And then the first mention of Esther is found in verse number 9. And it says, And the maiden pleased him, and she obtained kindness of him. And he speedily gave her things for purification, which such things as belonged to her and seven maidens, which were meet to be given her out of the king's house. And he preferred her and her maidens unto the best place of the house of the women. And it says, Nestor showed not her people nor her kindred. She hid the fact that she was a Jew. Now out of all the women, the king Ahasuerus looked at and went through. He picked this Jewish girl, out of all of them. Sounds like luck or coincidence, right? He picks her. It's the pageant that takes place, act number three. You have the fact that there's a new sheriff in town. And uh, before we get to number three, I want to, something that's very important as well that a lot of times gets missed. You're still in chapter number two, down in verse number 21. It says, and in those days, while Mordecai sat in the king's gate, two of the king's chamberlains, Bigthan and Resh, of those which kept the door, were wroth." And sought to lay hands on King Ahasuerus. And the thing was known to Mordecai, who told it unto Esther the queen. Esther certified the king thereof in Mordecai's name. When inquisition was made of the matter, <coughs> it was found out. Therefore, they were both hanged on a tree, and it was written in the book of the Chronicles before the king. That plays very important later on in the story. Basically, what happens right here, and you look at the key part of the plot here, what happens, you have these guys, they're going to try and take out the king. Mordecai reports it to Esther. Esther takes it to the king. And the king, it showed the fact that Mordecai was a good guy. And it was written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of the Medes and Persians. But you think, okay, so what? Later on, as we read, it's amazing how important that really was. You see in act number three, there's a new sheriff in town. Right after that happens, it's the first time we, we see Haman, as mentioned here, verse number, chapter three, verse one. After these things, did King Ahasuerus promote Haman? And it says, and advanced him and set his seat above all the princes that were with him. And all the king's servants that were in the gate bowed and reverenced Haman, for the king had so commanded concerning him. But Mordecai bowed not nor did him reverence. And man, that didn't make Haman very happy. He sets out, and you read chapter verse, or chapter 3 here, verse 5, through verse number 10, you see in verse 5, When Haman saw that Mordecai bowed not, nor did him reverence, then was Haman full of wrath. And he thought scorn to lay hands on Mordecai alone, for they had shown him the people of Mordecai. Therefore Haman sought to destroy all the Jews that were throughout the whole kingdom, Of Ahasuerus, even the people of Mordecai. In the first month, that is the month, and he goes through here, so he has this big plan. March 13th is the date that all the Jews would be killed, and this decree was made and passed, goes out to everyone. See, act number four, we see a crazy plan. What I mean by a crazy plan is you have Esther and you have Mordecai in great grief and mourning. Esther finds out that not only her people, but technically herself, would die. She's not allowed to just go to the king and talk to the king. The king is supposed to call her into his presence for her to come before him. And the sa- think about this. The same king, this is the same king that a couple chapters before divorced his wife because she wouldn't do what he told and didn't do it his way. And she says in verse number 16, look at verse number 16 of chapter 4. She says, Go gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan and fast ye for me, neither eat nor drink three days, night or day. I also my maidens will fast likewise, and so will I go in unto the king, which is not according to the law, and if I perish, I perish. She was willing to sacrifice, try to save her people. She did not know how King Xerxes or Hasaheris, same guy, how he would respond this but she was willing to give of herself act number five we see basically Esther calls them to dinner and there's a party of three there you have haman the king and you have esther and you look at chapter number five and you say pastor run through a lot here we are now it came to pass on the third day that esther put on her royal apparel and stood in the inner court of the king's house over against the king's house And the king sat upon his royal throne in the royal house over against the gate of the house. It was so when the king saw Esther the queen standing in the court that she obtained favor in his sight. Oh, and it's just coincidence that she obtained favor in his sight, right? Or luck. It's chance. It just so happened to be this way. It says, And the king held out to Esther the golden scepter that was in his hand. So Esther drew near and touched the top of the scepter. Then said the king unto her, What wilt thou, Queen Esther?' And what is thy request? It shall be even given thee the half of the kingdom. And basically in verse number four, she says, I want to have a meal with a banquet with you and Haman, the three of us. And a meal takes place. Ask her, what do you want? And he says, and you look there again. And as we read through here, and you see, keep on reading. It says verse number four, and it's verse number five. And the king said, has Haman caused Haman to make haste? that he may do as Esther has said, so the king and Haman prepared to the banquet that Esther had prepared. The king said unto Esther at the banquet of wine, What is thy petition? And it shall be granted thee, and what is thy request? Even to the half of the kingdom it shall be performed. And answered Esther and said, My petition and my request is, If I have found favor in the sight of the king, and if it pleased the king to grant my petition and to perform my request, let the king and Haman come to the banquet that I shall prepare for them, and I will do tomorrow, as the king has said. She says, come back tomorrow for another meal. Kind of a crazy thing as you read through here. And in verse number 8 and 9, I think that maybe she was uttering him up a little bit. And you kind of see Haman in verse 8 and 9, he's kind of on the top of the world. Verse 12, and it says, Haman, moreover, yea, Esther, the queen, did let no man come in unto the king unto the banquet, but just me. He's really thinking, wow, this is great. And then we see... Act number six, we see one sleepless night. This sleepless night changed a lot of things. Look at chapter six in verse number one. Remember how I told you earlier that Mordecai, there were two men that wanted to kill the king. He reported to Esther. Esther reported to the king. And the king wrote it in the Chronicles of the Kings of Persia, correct? There's one night, just so happens, that the king can't sleep. So what does the king decide to do the night he can't sleep? Look at chapter number 6 verse number 1. And on that night could not the king sleep? And he commanded to bring the book of records of the chronicles and they were read before the king. Now out of all the chronicles and the books of the king, of the kings of Persia, guess what story he reads about? Look at verse number 2. And it was found written that Mordecai had told of Bigthan and the rest, two of the king's chamberlains, the keepers of the door, who sought to lay hands on King Ahasuerus. And the king said, What honoring dignity have been done to Mordecai for this? Then said the king's servants, the minister, and him, There is nothing been done. And the king said, Who is in the court? Now Haman was come into the outward court of the king's house to speak unto the king to hang Mordecai on the gallows that he had prepared for him. It just so happens the sleepless night takes place. And he has read to him the Chronicles of the Kings of Persia, and he hears about what Mordecai had done to save his life. And it just so happens that Haman is coming right at that time to set up something to kill Mordecai. It just happens this way. It's got to be chance, just luck. They got lucky here. Keep on reading. It says in verse number... um, Verse number 5 says, And the king's servant said unto him, Behold, Haman standeth in the court. And the king said, Let him come in. Now, remember, Haman hates Mordecai, correct? He does. Now read here. I love this. So Haman came in. And the king said unto him, What shall be done unto the man with whom the king delighteth to honor? And what is Haman? It says right here, he was thinking in his heart, To whom would the king delight to do honor more than to myself? The king's getting ready to reward me here. So look at what he says. And Haman answered the king, For the man whom the king delighteth to honor, let the royal apparel be brought which the king us, useth to wear, and the horse that the king rideth upon, and the, royal, and the crown royal which is set upon his head. And let this apparel and horse be delivered to the hand of the one of the king's most noble princes, that they may array the man withal with whom the king delighteth to honor. And bring him on horseback through the city, streets of the city, and proclaim unto him, Thus shall it be done to the man whom the king delights to honor. And I can just picture Haman thinking, This is going to be really good. And the king, look at verse number 10. And the king said to Haman, Make haste, and take the apparel and the horse, as thou hast said, and do so to Mordecai the Jew, that sitteth at the king's gate. But nothing fail of him, that thou hast spoken. Haman had, that was the perfect spot for that noise right there. That was, that was the good spot right there. We get to have Carla do a dramatized version of Esther for us. I think she could do it there. And, um, but what happens is we see Haman took the apparel on the horse and arrayed Mordecai and brought him on horse. You got, just picture this with me. Haman hates this guy And Haman thinks he's going to be the one who's honored, and he's literally walking the horse down the street while Mordecai's riding up on the horse and all the things he thought he was going to have. And once again, this all happened by chance. It was all luck that one sleepless night, he read these things right before this all happened. It's just amazing how that worked. What a coincidence. Pure chance, pure luck. Act number seven of Haman's Last Supper. Chapter number seven, verse number three. The Bible says, Then Esther the queen answered and said, and this is the banquet, they're back together, the three of them. If I have found favor in thy sight, O king, if it please the king, let my life be given me at my petition and my people at my request. For we are sold, I and my people, to be destroyed, to be slain and to perish. But if we had been sold for bondmen and bondwomen, I had held my tongue, although the enemy might countervail the king's damage. And then the king Ahasuerus answered, and said unto Esther the queen, Who is he? Where is he? Durst presume in his heart to do so. And, he, and then it says, verse number 6, And Esther said, The adversary and enemy is the wicked Haman. And he's sitting at this meal right here. Then Haman was afraid before the king and the queen. And the king, arising from the banquet of wine and his wrath, went into the palace garden. And Haman stood up to make request for his life to Esther the queen. For he saw that there was evil determined against him by the king. Then the king returned out of the palace garden into the place of the banquet of wine. And Haman was fallen upon the bed whereon Esther was. Then said the king, will he force the queen also before me in the house? As the word went out of the king's mouth, they covered Haman's face. And look at verse number 10. So they hanged Haman on the gallows that he had prepared for Mordecai. Then was the king's wrath pacified. The problem was taken out of the way. Now, gallows, they didn't hang him. The word for a pole or a stick, sometimes in those days, 75 feet tall, and basically you'd be impaled on it or crucified on it, is probably what happened here. It's a very gruesome thing that happened. But he set up that pole for Mordecai. And just by chance, the king couldn't sleep. And just by chance, things were written, and he read a certain story about Mordecai. Just by chance, all these things happen. We get to act number eight in this play, and we see moving on up in chapter number eight. We see, And if you haven't realized yet, basically this is each chapter. I'm giving you a little thing about each chapter as we go through. Chapter eight, we see verse number one. On that day did the king Ahasuerus give the house of Haman, the Jews' enemy, unto Esther the queen. And Mordecai came before the king. had told what he was unto her. The king took off his ring which he had taken from Haman and gave it to Mordecai. And Esther set Mordecai over the house of Haman. Amazing how they go from mourning, facing certain death, and sackcloth and ashes and fasting, to where Haman's now wearing the king's ring. Esther begs, you look at verse number eight here. It says, Write ye also for the Jews as it like as it is liketh you in the king's name, and seal it with the king's ring. For the writing which is written in the king's name and sealed with the king's ring may no man reverse. You remember the law of the Medes and the Persians, remember with Daniel, and if you prayed, you'd be thrown in the den of lions. Once a decree was made by the king, it could not be changed. There could be an amendment made, but not change of the law that was placed. And so um, they couldn't do anything with it. They had to wait months. Look at chapter number nine. In chapter number nine, we see... Some things happen. And it talks about the king's commandment. Look at verse number 1. It says, The king's commandment and his decree drew near to be put into execution the day that the enemies of the Jews hoped to have power over them. Though it was turned to the contrary, the Jews had rule over them hated them. See what happens here in chapter number 9. 75,000 of the Jews' enemies are killed by the Jews. That's what happens instead. Verse number 26. Look at verse number 26 says, wherefore they called these days Purim after the name Pur. Therefore all the words of this letter and of that which they have seen concerning this matter and which had come to them. Where we see the, P, the feast of Purim. Purim means lots or dice. Jewish year begins in the spring with Passover, commemorating the Israel's deliverance from Egypt. Day of Atonement follows that in the fall. And then Purim... As the last festival occurred in March, reminds the people that God would preserve them like he did. Chapter number 10, in the last act, you see Mordecai as the prime minister. Chapter 10, verse number 3, For Mordecai the Jew was next unto the king Ahasuerus, and great among the Jews, and accepted of the multitude of his brethren, seeking the wealth of his people, and speaking peace to all his seed. What can we take from the book of Esther tonight? Here we go. God saw what was happening to his people i want you to understand something god promised abraham that he would preserve his people he was at work even in a book that doesn't mention his name matthew henry said though the name of god be not Esther, the finger of god is directing every directing many minute events to bring about of his people's deliverance sometimes those events seem discouraging disheartening like the decree to exterminate the Jews. But what I want to understand tonight and where we're going as we finish up with some application with God, there are no coincidences. There's not. Look at all the lucky things that just happen to take place in order for God's plan to, learn, to work. Look at all these lucky things. First off, Esther just happened to be Jewish. And she had just happened to be people. She just happens to be favored by the king. It just happens. Mordecai just happens to overhear the plot to kill the king. The report just happens to be written, the king's chronicles. Haman just happens to notice Mordecai didn't kneel and just happens to find out that he's a Jew. The dice to decide the time of revenge just happened to put off the date for almost a year. That's where Purim, the feast that comes from that dice, that's Pur, that's where it comes. Esther just happens to get the king's approval to speak, and then she happens to put off her request for another day. What if she wouldn't have waited with her request? Think about that one. Her delay just happens to send Haman out by Mordecai one more time. It just happens to cause him to recount it to his friends. They in turn just happen to encourage Haman to build gallows immediately, kill him to kill mordecai so haman just happens to be excited and approach the king early the next morning then and um then in turn it just happened no, no you need to go to the next one there joe i was reading that one again i thought you switched it for me it just so happens that the king couldn't sleep the night before it just so happens that he reads from the book brought to him recording what recounting what mordecai did king happens ask what reward Mordecai had been given. Considering the fact that it happened and Mordecai had been rewarded, someone who saved the king's life wasn't rewarded. It just happened that it was waited this long. Haman happens to approach the king. The king's trying to figure out how to honor Mordecai. The king happens to return to the queen just when Haman happens to be pleading. away. It looked really bad for him. The gallows Haman built for Mordecai happened to be ready when it was time for Haman to be hanged. All of this just happened. Is there any more? Is it there? All the, and is that the very last one there? I think that's it there. What am I trying to say? God, you say, some of you are like, I didn't get all those written down. I can give those to you later if you need them. God is not asleep. You might wonder sometimes where God is in situations in your life, but God's at work when you don't see it. God sees, God cares. He knows and he will work all things together for good. What my Bible says, and Esther. If you want to take the book of Esther and summarize it with one New Testament verse, Romans 8:28. That's the book of Esther. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. This book also reminds us that pride leads to a great fall. Haman died on his own gallows. Stay humble. And this book displays God's sovereignty. And we as the people of God need to rest in it. And when you don't know where God is in the situation in your life, God is still working in the midst of it. And God, that's what he does. God takes messes and people that are messes. It's all of us. And his will still gets done and he works everything out so that that happens. Play the video and then we'll be done tonight. And what's Do you